worship is not to be performance, and it's not to be about quality and all those kind of things, but uh, we're just to make a joyful noise, but that's really good. <laughs> They're very talented, man, they, with all their heart, with all their heart, very good. Our next scriptures in Galatians is chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29, and we've been talking about the difference between the law and faith, the law and faith. Verse 23, now before faith came, that's a reference for the coming of Christ, the understanding of that. Faith was always around, but the idea was that faith in him. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. So the role of the law clearly laid out here for us here today. The first thing is the law held us captive like sin. Sin is very powerful and absolutely impossible to overcome through our efforts. You can't break out of the hold that sin has on us. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came. It was there to help us manage sin so that we would not destroy ourselves or each other. And so all the laws in, in, in basically in, in our country for sure in the world are based on Judeo-Christian ideas, Judean ideas. The Jewish law and the Christian ideals is what all the laws are based on. And those laws are designed to help us fit inside a boundary so that our humanity doesn't destroy. Our humanity doesn't, I mean, we just don't have chaos in the world. And, and you got to have law and order. you got to have boundaries for people outside of Christ. Isn't that interesting? If you're in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. And if you're following him, you don't need boundaries. You don't need those things because the Holy Spirit is going to be that guide and is going to be that... Uh, that conscience so that we do the right things in the right way. Never perfect, but always making the, the right uh, progress in the right way. But the law hold us captive. The law can't set us free from sin. The law was our guardian until Christ came. The law cannot produce life. It cannot produce better decision-making. It can just operate out of fear it can operate out of guilt, but the law by itself does not help people to be able to choose a better way that they receive life that would be God. And now when Christ came, when faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. We have Christ that helps us to see right and wrong, Christ that helps to buffer us, Christ that says, whoa, wait a minute now. Where you're going here is not right. 
what you're about to say is not beneficial. It's not consistent with the Scriptures and the Spirit's leadership in our lives. It doesn't honor Jesus. And I'd much rather be around someone that has faith in Christ and wants to please Christ than someone who is a rule follower, and that's their deal. Because if they're a rule follower, they're not always going to be able to follow all of those rules. But if they have faith in Christ, then we have uh, a little safety in that regard. Now, Satan is very deceptive. Satan is shrewd. The Bible tells us that Satan appears before like an angel of light. Satan is smart. He is a strategist. He has great plans. And, and we live in a world today where I think we are beginning to see Satan's best work. And one of the things that Satan wants to, to accomplish is, is that in the law, in laws, we're okay. You are whoever you want to be. You can, you can control your own destiny. Whatever you think is the right way of being, then that's good. And, and literally, what Satan is working at doing today is convincing people that not only is, are there no consequences for sin, but that there is no sin been going on a long time, but it really is showing itself in all its colors in our world today. There's a church in, in Fort Worth, and they have a rainbow sign on it. And it, on this rainbow sign, they have their beliefs. And here's what they have on their sign. In the purple, love is love. Doesn't matter just love is love. In the little light blue color, black lives matter. That is a true statement. Black lives do matter. But if that is saying that they matter more than others, then that's not biblical, not true. We all matter. All colors matter. The green is climate change is real. In the yellow, no human being is illegal. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. No human being is legal. Now, they're saying open the border. That's what they're saying with that. There's no question about that. But when you believe that no human being is illegal, no one ever does wrong. You can do whatever you want to do. You can violate any laws of the land and all is well. They don't have a stopping point for that. That gets out of hand very quickly when there's no boundary in the law. There's nothing there. In the orange, it says, all genders are whole, holy, and good. All genders. You know what that means. That's Bud Light. That's buying Bud Light at Target. That's what that is. Hmm. And then in the... Burn orange. 
Wish it wasn't burnt orange, but it is. Women have agency over their bodies. We all know what those things mean today. We all know what it's saying. Galatians helps us to see what is really under all that. You can save yourself. You can set up your own theology. You, the Bible is good for some things, but not for everything. The Bible is archaic. Just take the best lessons from the Bible and, and you'll be okay. Just, just take parts of the Scripture that you want to, that you want to follow and, and just put your own interpretation on it and, and use the, the topics and put your own subtopic on it and just determine what you believe is true and honorable and right. We are to love people. We are to love people. But the fact is, if, if we love people to the point that we don't share with them the truth about the consequences and the penalty and the eternal damnation of dying without Christ in their sin, we really don't love them. We don't love them. And, 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 and what we see here today, the, so the president says, the president of the United States said, I'm not going to curse him, I'm not going to break that law today, but, but this is what he said, this is what he did. The White House is going to have the largest uh, gay pride celebration the White House has ever had. It's, I mean, they're going to blow it all out. It's going to be a big celebration. Think about that for just a moment. The leader of our country, he is honoring sin. That's really the truth, isn't it? Unapologetically, I'm going to tell you, that's honoring sin. Now, what does it mean to this scripture here? If we honor sin or we deny sin, and honoring sin from that perspective, from that, his perspective, from the White House perspective, from our culture's perspective, it's saying sin doesn't exist. Because if you believe that sin exists, then the next step is you've got to believe the consequences of sin in people and eternity, and you just can't go there. And, and we all understand that the greatest sin to the movement that's going on in our culture today is to believe that Jesus Christ is the only answer to man's needs. And that's what we're dealing with today. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up today is because you're all thinking about it. And, and to me, it's, it's a good application for where we need to be in relationship to this scripture. If we are held captive under the law, if we cannot break out of prison through our own efforts, as we've been looking at in our study, if the law's purpose was just to be a guardian for us, to keep us in good boundaries, then we must understand that the consequences of being under the law are, they're beyond description to me. You see, sin is powerful. 
Sin is controlling. You may have heard the idea that there's a stronghold on people. Well, sin is a stronghold on people. And because of the law's role, and because the law cannot produce life, the law cannot provide salvation because we can't keep the law. We can't keep all the law. We got to have another answer. We got to have an answer to sin. Sin is powerful. Sin defeats. Sin destroys. Sin uh, puts us in a position where we are in hopelessness. And there's not anybody that I'm speaking to today, either here or on the internet today, that you can't, if you're totally honest with yourself, you cannot say that you're victorious over sin on your own. And so to understand that, to understand that's what the Scripture says to us, that the law places us in prison. It's just a boundary. The law can't produce life. The law can't produce eternal life. You can't keep all the laws. Man, most of us have sinned already today. You know, and thank goodness we're under grace because the law doesn't save. We just can't do it. It would be absolutely, I mean, it, I just can't think of anything worse to be than to cower down to this mindset that's in our world when we know the truth. Satan wants us to be quiet. Satan wants us to be afraid. Satan wants us to not stand up for what the Scripture has to say. Just be quiet. Don't cause trouble. Just get along to go along. Go along to get along. Don't bring it up at school. Don't bring it up at work. I mean, just, just go along with all this. Let's just make a living. Let's just have some peace and harmony where we can. And the result of that is that people are dying without Christ, and, and they're holding on to what they believe is virtue, virtue beyond virtue, and a virtue that transcends judgmentalism or being critical or being religious, being judgmental. And, and they hold these virtues up. Love is love. It doesn't matter who you love as long as you love them. We know the answer to that. All lives matter. It's a political statement. And they go through this list and say, this is what we hold to, but the gospel is not presented because sin is not deemed significant, important, or real. And so it's a horrible situation that people find themselves in. The law holds us captive. We can't get out. The law imprisons us. We can't escape. There's no hope apart from faith in Christ. That's what Galatians has to say. And so since that is true, 
We really need to be wise. We need to be shrewd. But we need to be public about the truth. I mean, if if the body of Christ who believe in the Bible and that believe in Jesus Christ, who are led by the Holy Spirit, if they don't stand up to the truth of God's Word, no one is going to. And so we have a, we've got a major responsibility to get on with it based on what the Scripture has to say here. Now, look what verse 26 says. Verse 26 through verse 29 give us four layers of Christianity, four things that are very important to being a child of God, a son of God, a believer, born again. Verse 26 says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. The law didn't do it for us, so don't go back to it. That's what he's telling the Galatians. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. That's what the Bible says about us in faith. Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, just like we put on clothes. We clothe ourselves with Christ. That's sanctification. The verse 26 is justification. And now we have sanctification. We become more and more and more like Christ. And one of the best ways to see this is when we understand that law had us in prison, sin is powerful, and sin has a strong hold on us. And before we place our faith and trust in Christ, there was no escaping that hold that sin had on us. The chains were big. They were big gauge. They had us in the locks, in the prison, and we couldn't break away from those chains. But faith in Christ damaged those chains, destroyed those chains. We are forgiven of all of our sins. And now there's an opportunity to live free. And that means to live free from the stronghold that sin has on us. Now, the practical thing about how it all works, think about this. No one is sinless. No one ever gets there. And it's really a mistake to even think that way. We, we don't stop sinning when we come in Christ because of the world, because of the presence of the sins, plural, that we commit, that, that impact us, that hold us back. However, we know that, that the, the bondage has been broken when we begin to sin less, we begin to have those major strongholds broken away from us, and if there's no other way to look at it, we come alive spiritually, and, and the things of Christ mean more to us. The attitude that Christ has, we're wanting to follow, and, and we're just simply wanting to be more like Jesus and before Christ in bondage because of the law and the power of sin over our lives, we never really wanted to be like Christ. But now we want to. We want to be like Christ. And, and we are clothed with Christ. Clothed with Christ is we're gentle, we're faithful, we're loving, we're forgiving, we're, we're humble, we're concerned with people's needs, we're concerned with the truth. 
we have righteous indignation about the work of Satan and the defeating work of Satan in this world today. We have rightful, right indignation, anger for the things that is against God. We become more concerned with what God is concerned with than, than what we were concerned with. And we begin to grow. We literally clothe ourselves with Christ. That's what happens. Now, verse 28. This is a result of Jesus, not a result of the law. The law can't produce this. The law can't produce the faith in Christ. The law can't produce us becoming the child of God. The law cannot place us in a position where we grow spiritually. This can't happen. Only Christ does that. In verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, you, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Only through the Christ, only through the gospel, only through the power of Christ can that be done. Now, the law separates. We see that, right? In religion, nothing more separating than religion. The law separates. Sin separates people. But the work of God, the work of God through Christ the Son by the Holy Spirit strips away all those differences and helps us come together as one. Man, we struggle with that, don't we? We struggle with being one. We struggle with getting along with each other. We struggle with loving each other. But we can all see clearly that that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit goes to work to do. I mean, it's an amazing thing. People say, man, people, you know, aren't lo as loving in the body of Christ as they should be. But if you really look at it, man, it's really a miracle we exist. You know, we're from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of differences. I mean, you've had experiences that I hadn't had, and I've had experiences that you haven't had. We think differently. We, we operate differently. Yet, we function as a, as a unit for the cause of Christ. There are some splinters. There are some cracks in the machine because we're human. But my stars, what a miracle. The body of Christ. I, I'm just amazed when I, when I think about what I saw last week. I, I, I really enjoyed last week with Audrey Joe walking around collecting money. Because I saw grown men opening their wallets and the cobwebs coming out of them. And they just ran across the building here to put money in that little girl's bucket for a great cause, for a great reason, to the Grace House Ministries. But I just saw the body of Christ. Little girl, God put that on her heart. He, he, she's been working really hard for that ministry for two or three years now. She's a little girl. I mean, wow. What, now, on one sense, you would think, what if we all had a passion for the things of the Lord like she has? Well, that'd be quite wonderful, wouldn't it? But the Lord's at work doing that. But to see everyone participate was really beautiful. I wish you could have seen what I saw. Maybe you saw it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says is going to take place. We're going to be one in Christ Jesus. In verse 29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. All the inheritance that we have. Now, you put those things together. No hope in the law. No hope in the law because of sin. But this is what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Jesus fulfills the law that can't produce life. And the sin that separates us from God and destroys us and harms us and defeats us, Jesus died on the cross and paid our price, paid the price of the sin that we have so that we can have life in Christ. And the results are, the results are laid out here for us, sons of God, children of God. We're his children. That means relationship with the heavenly father. We put on Christ. We become a new creation and we become more and more like Christ. We become one in the church. We become one in the body of Christ. And we live every day with an understanding that we're going to inherit, it, inherit heaven and eternal life. And all the riches of Christ's kingdom are ours. Now, if you want to see God work, if you, if you want to see God work, look for God to work in those four areas. Because this is what he wants. He's established here clear. He wants us to get out of jail. He wants the chains to be broken. And he wants us to live in that right relationship with him. When you begin to see God's people act like God's children. When you begin to see that wonderful picture of people becoming more like Christ. When, when you see that the body of Christ is one. And when you see people living with a hope beyond themselves, that's not the work of Satan. That's not the work of the law. That's not the work of our flesh. That's the work of God. That's the work of God. Be careful with what's happening in our culture today. Sometimes Satan throws something out there, and it appears to sound good. Love is love, but look behind it. Love is love means that there's no sin. There's no consequences. That's not love. Love understands, the Scripture says, sin is our problem. And the only way for sin to be Conquered is through faith in Jesus Christ. You can't will it. You can't, you, can't le- you can't law it out. You can't legalize it. You can't moralize it. You just can't become moral enough to be right with God. I had an experience a long time ago. I was thinking today, it's pretty near, probably 40 years ago now this happened. We had a boy at the Wessex Boys Ranch that he just couldn't 
get out of his own way. He, he just couldn't follow rules. He, he just couldn't make good choices. Now, he was bigger than everybody else, and, and, and all the girls really liked him in, in high school, so I reckon he was probably pretty, pretty good looking. He could lie. Oh, my gosh, he could lie. He's one of the best liars I've ever met. I mean, you know he's lying, but you're enjoying the lie so much, you just let him go on with it. You know, I mean, that's a good story. He lied the whole time, but man, that was a good story, wasn't it? And he, he was always in trouble at school. He cheated. He stole. He could go in a convenience store with $2 and come out with $20 worth of stuff. And he would feed everybody in the van. And, I, and I'd go, how in the world did you do that? And I'd go, did you steal something? I certainly did. Not that specials going on there. Uh, he stole a tractor one day. I remember one day, the guy says, come on, you got to go. We got to go find Danny. He stole a tractor. I said, he did what? He said, how long has he been gone? And he said, oh, about two or three hours. Well, he didn't get very far. We, I know he's going to town. And so sure enough, we, we headed towards town and saw the old John Deere on the side of the road. Ran out of, he ran out of diesel, went as far as he could go. And I said, well, he ain't walking the rest of the way. I guarantee you. Look around, and there was a, there's a Twin Mountain fence supplies right there. And sure enough, I looked over there, and they had some of those things that goats can get under, you know. And I said, look, he's sitting under that chain thing right over there. He went over there, and he said, nah, stupid idea. Sorry about that. I ran it out of diesel. I guess we're going to have to get it back to the ranch somehow or another. And he just smoothed us over. And I remember by the time we got back to the ranch, we were laughing with him. That's how good he was. That's how good he was. I took him to youth camp. I took him all to youth camp. But I took him too. And I, oh, man, I, I was so worried about him at youth camp because, you know, teenage girls and him. So, boy, I was keeping my eye on him. I was watching him like crazy. And sure enough, he, he was spending his time entertaining girls, and he could do impressions and stuff. I mean, kind of Jim Carrey-ish, but prettier than Jim Carrey. But one afternoon, the song leader, he was one of those uppity, high-strung song leaders. You know the type I'm talking about? We don't have one of those, but, but he was one of those. He come running up to me, and I got to talk to you. What did I talk about, man? He goes, I got to This Danny in your group. Uh, what did he do? He said, he broke my microphone. I said, he did what? He said, he broke my microphone, and you're going to pay for it. You're going to fix it. He broke my microphone. And I went, I'm sorry, man. Uh, oh, man. I said, well, what did he do? He said, well, I heard he got on stage and took the microphone and was swinging around, and he was acting like Elvis Presley. But when he was swinging the microphone along, he lit the cord. You know, they didn't have wireless back then, had the cords. He hit it against the pole and busted it. I got to sing tonight. I'm going to sing without my best microphone. 
And I'm just sitting there going, and, and I was going, well, we're done. I'm defeated. I get it. He ain't going to listen to me. I'll, you know, I've been laying the law down to him. We've been laying the law down to him. I presented Christ to him. No, no hope there. He won't follow the rules. He just, he'll probably break something else where this is over, but we're just trying to get him to know Christ, and I'm just sitting there listening to him. And, and finally, I asked, how do you know all this? I wasn't debating with him. I just want to know, how did, how, who told you? He said, Danny did. What? He said, Danny told me. Danny told you that? Tell me how that worked out. He said, he walked up to me and he said, sir, I broke your microphone and I'm really sorry about it. And if you tell me how much it costs when I get home, I'll get money to you. Man, I heard that and I went, let me get this right. Danny found you, told you that he broke your microphone and he apologized for it and he said he would pay you back for your microphone. He goes, he most certainly did. And I said, that's the best news I've heard in a long time. I said, he ain't going to pay for it. I'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. We're going to celebrate. He said, how can we celebrate? Because this is the first sign that sin may be broken in him. And I went and found Danny, and I said, Danny, I know he came to find you. I know he was just pacing it. I'm so sorry, Lee. I'm so sorry this happened. I'm so sorry. And I said, why are you sorry? He said, well, you know, I was sitting there in church last night, and he said, you know, you've been talking about receiving Christ. And I said, I think I did. And all of a sudden, I'm a wreck. I, I, I messed up, but I want to be different. I'm sorry I broke his microphone. Oh, he just started coming out. I don't remember exactly all the things he said, but I'm sorry I stole the tractor. I'm sorry I steal. I'm sorry I cheat. I'm sorry I lie. I need to get the phone. I need to call my mom. I need to tell her I'm sorry. And I went, yeah, baby. And man, I was so excited that night. He had to use another microphone that crackled and cranked all through his song. And I'm just, Hallelujah. Now, we laid the law down that boy. He never, he never broke. We talked with him over and over. We shared the gospel, never got anywhere with him. But somehow or another, the Holy Spirit worked in his life as he sat in that church. And boom, the power of sin over his life was broken. Now, he didn't live perfect. He didn't live perfect. He still didn't live perfect. He doesn't live a perfect life, but he sure is making progress. The law doesn't do that for you. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ does that. Amen? Amen. We are to love people enough to tell them the hard, cold Help us, Lord, to hear you today. Help us, Lord, to be open to you. 
May your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forth.